0: Welcome to the Cultivate and Keep podcast. So today it is me, Corey Haynes, hey. and Maximus.
1: What's up, Maximus? How you doing today? Bark, bark. <laughs> God, I was hoping you wouldn't do that.
0: Uh, how you doing, man?
1: Doing good. Doing good. I, um, I've i got a lot to prepare for before Poland, and um, we're just sort of, well, there's a lot to do, also a lot mentally to prepare for, we're just, I think it's a 12-hour flight. And we're jumping ahead uh, nine time zones, so nine hours. Actually, I don't know how many time zones that is. It's probably like six or something because we're going through the whole Atlantic Ocean. But um, hmm. yeah, it's, it's going to be hard. I, I was telling you before, but I made a big boo boo, <laughs> and um, basically, the company is paying for the entire trip. So part of my negotiating um, was that I would only, I would only speak at the conference if, uh, they could fly Monique out too. Cause I told him, uh, it doesn't make sense for me to be away for so long and it's a week. It's so far away. And, you know, we would like to do it and have that experience together. And so like, that's fine, but, um, we only have so much allotted for your travel budget. So if you can find a flight that fits in that travel budget, then, uh, you're welcome for your wife to fly too. And we'll figure out all your, you know, pay for all your hotels and car and food and whatever. Um, so I was like, cool. So I was looking for flights and I had the little like price tracker on in Google. And, uh, and then one of the days, you know, it was pretty low. And then I got a notification from Google that said that the price was probably going to go up. I think it said by like 50%, um, in like nine hours. And so I was like, oh, okay, I should probably book it today. And then I forgot about it. And I went to go play basketball that night. And then when I got to the gym, I remembered and I was like, oh crap, I need to go check. And so I checked and it was like in less than an hour, it's going to jump up by, uh, there's like an the 80% chance that it's going to jump up, you know, by a certain amount or whatever. And I was like, oh shoot, I need to do it because um, otherwise it might be outside of our travel budget. We'd have to pay for whatever is outside of that. And um, so, and then like all the guys were like, dude, what's, you know, what are you doing? Like we're going to start, start and play. Why aren't you here? And um, like, get up, let's go. And so I, I booked the flights really quick. Um, and what I didn't realize was that I accidentally put it under Monique's married name instead of her maiden name, because her maiden name is what still has her passport. And so we wouldn't be able, basically, if we, if we showed up, we wouldn't have been able to fly at all. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, I'll just go call the company. We booked for Expedia, and we'll have them change the name. So I called them up, and I was like, hey, I just need to make a quick, you know, um, I made a mistake. I, I, I booked down the wrong name for my wife. We just need to change it really quick, um, and I just need to change it from uh, her married name to her maiden name. And he's like, oh, okay, sir. Well, like, well, let me talk to the airline, whatever. So he calls me back and he's like, well, sir, we can make the change. But unfortunately, the airline has a policy of if you do a a name change, it's going to be $250. And I was like, oh, my gosh, $250 for a name change. Like, it seems, I don't know if that's like a common practice, but um, that that would also come out of my pocket. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to ask the conference organizers to pay for, you know, kind of my mistake. And so, um, I was like, dude, this, there's no way, like, we're not paying that. Is there anything else you can do? And he's like, no, well, well, let me call him back one more time. So he called him back and he's like, no, sir. Unfortunately they have a policy, um, because we'd have to change the last name, uh, and it's a name change. Technically it's $250, but if it was just a name correction of like, maybe like a couple of letters in the name, then it would only be $25. And so, oh, I was like, okay, well, thank you. Appreciate it. So I hung up, called back got a different person and I said hey hello I, I just have a, a quick thing I need you to help me with I need to make a name correction for my wife's name on the flight ticket so she's like oh, okay that's you know very nice I'll help you out called the airline she's like okay sir well we can name we can make the name correction but it's gonna be $25 if I can get your permission boom and I was like yes please do it right now <laughs> like I'll read you my credit card and I'm just please yeah. charge it awesome. and um, so anyways got it all figured out but lesson learned that, 25
0: bucks down the drain, huh? Yeah,
1: dude, 20. It was a, it was a deep hit. But uh, I was glad to pay it just because $250 would be uh, would really be a bummer. Yeah. Um, so, lesson learned don't make a mistake on your flight tickets. But also, the terminal it was just crazy. Like, just the name. Yeah. Like, if you ask for a name change, $250. If you ask for a name correction, $25. So, yeah. sometimes it pays to just be a little bit persistent.
0: That's funny. I was telling Corey that beforehand that that's kind of like. When I was younger, at GameStop, they had <laughs> some kind of policy like if you opened a new game, I forget what it was, but you opened a new game, like you couldn't get your money back, but there was some like I think you got a store of credit. I'm not sure, but. There was like some like loop around like with it. And I remember like all the time, me and like me and Timmy and Tia would always do it and like, <laughs> buy a game, play it, beat it, yeah, you guys it, had and a whole system. And then going. return it and get our money back, and like basically we invested our initial like seed money and just like <laughs> you know turned it over for every game we played.
1: Yeah, you'd have a game for like two weeks, and then yeah. you would like you'd beat in like a rush to beat it because then you <laughs> you had to return it so you didn't have to pay again. Yeah.
0: What Can I say I've always been a young entrepreneur. So that's right. Yeah arbitrage I started young
1: leave it to Jeremy to make a GameStop <laughs> reference or share yeah, a GameStop story. It's
0: okay. No, no shame.
1: That's right. No shame at all. Well, I'm excited to be a to- talk. I like this this subject for today um, Every opportunity has a shelf life. What was the kind of the impetus for this topic of discussion for today?
0: Um, I don't know. I was just thinking about that um, something that I heard Mike Van Meter say a couple years ago and it just kind of stuck with me um and i think why i was thinking about it because right now um with me and connie just in some like a a season of making a lot of decisions and kind of some new stuff coming and so making those moves yeah we've had some exciting stuff come up that we're not ready to share yet but we will soon um but yeah i mean as stuff has come up we've kind of felt like wow this is a really great opportunity as we can see it and we know we hope it's gonna turn out well like should we do it and, again, our discussion, like, typically how it works is uh, Connie moves quick and I move slow. So, like, <laughs> if we have an opportunity, like, Connie will look at it within, you know, honestly, within, like, seconds. We'll make a decision, yes or no. And I'm the kind of person, like, no joke, like, I need days, if not weeks. Weeks, yeah. Easy probably. to think about stuff. Months, maybe. <laughs> and so, we had a, f- a few cool things come up. You know, one of them, actually, that we've talked about is that new company that we just took over. So, now we have... Um, we essentially had had two companies that we merged into one. And that was like another example of like, look, we had this opportunity. We had, you know, um, uh, like an opportunity to make a decision. And that was when Connie was like, you know, yes, let's go. And I was like, well, give, you know, give us time. And we ended up doing it. But, you know, throughout that part of the discussion we had was like, Connie was like, look, like you have to decide, like you got to go yes or no, because if you don't, we're going to miss out. And then, uh, so that kind of happened and we ended up doing it, but like right now we're kind of having some more opportunity in front of us and it's kind of the same deal. Like I I want to take my sweet old time. Connie's like, let's go. And so it's kind of brought us back up. So yeah, kind of the long story of why I want to talk about it.
1: Yeah, no, I think there's definitely some truth in there and I don't, I don't know if we really think enough about like the things that are before us, like the opportunities that are maybe, uh, I feel like for me, I'm probably. In the same boat as you and that it seems almost more like a chore than it does like, uh, like, Oh, I have to make a decision. Like, and now it's going to, it's so like much of like a burden instead of like, um, you know, let's go like take this thing and let's go, let's just go do it. You know, where someone like Connie is just like kind of a go getter just make Mm. the decision and and go with it. Um, but I definitely, well, why do you feel like, like you do hesitate in some of those decisions or opportunities are in front of you?
0: I've always kind of felt like I can't come back from a, like a poor decision my whole life. I felt that way. And I know, I know it's not true. Like I know, like, I don't know, you think of like your worst case scenario like that could happen in life. And if, as long as you, as you survive it, like physically, like you're still alive, like there's a way to come back. Like and hmm. assuming you're not in jail for life. Right. Like Besides those two situations, <laughs> like what can you not come back from? Right. I mean, yeah. if, like anything you can pretty much like make a return on. But in my mind, that's that's not the case. In my mind, like, you know, if I make one bad decision, like, everything I've worked for is gone. Mm. And I know it's not true, but for some reason, that's just, just in my head. And so yeah. that's kind of why, like, I, uh, you know, w- again, with big and small decisions, I will easily just, like, feel like oh, I want to shy, kind of, like, shy away from this and, like, not make a decision. Mm. That's funny. I feel like...
1: Uh, I'm di- Go ahead. I was going
0: to say, like, uh, I'm speaking, like, to the extreme side of me right now. Like, I think right. I've definitely grown in this a lot over the last year. It's true. Um, I actually, yeah, for the most part, I feel like I, I more lean towards, like, liking opportunity and decision now. But um, I wanted to kind of speak from that perspective of, like, being super, like, against it, you know? Because a couple mm-hmm. years ago, I, had like, hated this stuff. So. Yeah. But continue. Yeah. Sorry.
1: I was going to say, I, I feel like I'm a little bit different in the way of, um, I feel sometimes I'm really conservative with, like, the things in front of me because... It's almost like I want to wait out for something better mm. later that I don't know. And I don't want to miss out on like the other thing. You know, it's like um what's that game where uh it's like a, one of those like TV like talk sh- no
0: what's it uh, called? Deal yeah. Deal or no yeah, deal yeah. where he's like, yeah. "Do you want door number 1 and yeah. or number 2 or number 3?" and like Case, bro. Case.
1: That's right. Okay and uh and it's like door number two is almost always like okay, the winner hold on
0: back up his okay. name is howie <laughs> howie <laughs> yeah. is that what it is how yeah. funny is I that don't if, if like, i just watched it th- uh when i was in oregon a few months ago and i thought it was so funny like, <laughs> oh howie is his name
1: howie yeah it's one of those names that you don't hear like with our generation yeah. it's very howie last generation
0: no offense if your name's howie
1: no no offense at all in fact i think it's pretty dope mm-hmm. but it's just strange for us probably uh but I'm a very much like door number two kind of guy. Like, okay, well if I do this thing and I put all my chips on the table for this one bet, you know, does that mean that I miss out on the next thing? You know, I'm going to feel dumb about this one thing. And I kind of cashed in for, um, and I always like, want to like, you know, look at all the angles and do all the, mm-hmm. you know, uh, take my time to look through everything and think through every scenario and, and maybe even like wait it out for a little bit to see if there's something better. Um, I feel like especially for like, big you know purchase decisions you know like we'll be walking through a store and and monique's like oh this looks great like like let's buy this one i'm like well what if there's a cheaper one on amazon yeah. and like what if there's an, a cheaper one from amazon on another site and like what if they're going to run a sale on it next week and why don't we just give it a week and come back to it and but in reality that's almost never the case yeah. um but this idea of you know every opportunity has a shelf life it, it is true that at some point you do have to make a decision, right? And there's some things like (laughs) we've been kind of, this is my fault, it's actually a really good example, but I've been procrastinating in buying a new trash can. (laughs) (laughs) This is like total hashtag adult life kind of things, but um, I'm I'm like trying to figure out what's the best trash can. I'm like, wait a second. (laughs) There's no best trash can. <laughs> trash can, but <laughs> everything is like a trash can where you can just like wait it out forever. Right. Like there are some things that do have a shelf life, and then you do have you do have to make a decision. Otherwise, it's gonna pass you by to the next guy. Hmm. Um, you had some interesting examples. You want to go through those? Yeah,
0: I um so I was looking up like famous people that like missed opportunities. Kind of <laughs> like <what> I looked <laughs> up. Such but a I, sad thing to search. I was just curious, like what I what I found, and like the first article I read was this one. Um, I don't know who I don't know who this actor is. I know his name, like it's familiar about... I don't You like, don't know who it is. I can't picture him. Come Sh- on. Sean Connery? Who yeah. is that?
1: Okay, he was the best James Bond, first of all. Oh, wait. But He's also the guy that talks like this. Yes. And okay, I know it is. Yeah, he's very <laughs> like manly man suave. Yeah, I recognize the box. name just not like his face. Okay.
0: Um anyway, this guy um, he missed out on 400 million dollars by Dude, not Lord. taking the role of Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. Um, when it first started out, he was promised 15% of the box office sales. Um, but it said that he turned it down because he did not understand the script, <laughs> which is crazy. $400 million. Oh my um, gosh. wait dude.
1: 15% of anything? I mean, you take, <laughs> yeah. What the heck yeah. is he thinking? Yeah. That's like, those are like gross, uh, that's like gross revenue too. It's not even yeah. like how much they yeah. profit from it.
0: Yeah, That is crazy. It said yeah, worldwide box office receipts.
1: Oh my gosh! And Lord what? of the Rings ends up being like one of the most iconic yeah. series and most successful movies ever. Yeah.
0: Uh, next one was twelve publishers turned down Harry mm. Potter. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't like Harry Potter, but you don't? Are uh, you serious? It's obviously like it's you know it's big time, but <sighs> twelve publishers turned them down.
1: That's yeah, that's crazy. I've heard, um, yeah, I've heard that before because now, I mean, obviously, it's like I think it's uh there's like this little like uh, I think it's like a. I don't is it a give or a video basically someone like basically matched up like all the most successful movie series ever and i think Harry Potter was like number 2 yeah, or 3 it's like up there next to like uh like some of the marvel series or there's another one i forget what it was but yeah dude, that that's pretty crazy mm. they they could have made a big time
0: yeah um Steve Jobs is his old boss uh, had an opportunity to invest $50,000 mm. as seed money in Apple and uh, he turned it down. That's right. And if he would have done that today, that would have been an equivalent value of four hundred and eighty billion dollars.
1: <laughs> Wait, four hundred eighty billion. Oh my.
0: Fifty thousand dollars would turn into four hundred and eighty billion. Holy macro Dude, that one I was like, whoa. Oh my gosh!
1: Wait, I didn't know he was the founder of Atari. Wow. Okay. Well, he, he made a big time anyway, so now, I feel super bad for him. What is Atari? Atari it was, like, the first, like, game console. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Come on, dude. You're an, a gamer, easy, bro. You got Hey, pass, gamer, bro. Okay. Right. Take
0: it easy now. Okay. Um, <laughs> Ronald Wayne, uh, he was Apple's third co-founder. He sold 10% stake of, ten, t- his share of 10% stake in Apple for $800 two weeks after it oh launched. Oh, my gosh. Uh, he got $1,500. What does it say uh, he got? T- 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 oh, if he would have kept it, it would have been worth $40 billion today. <laughs> So eight hundred dollars for eighty billion because he didn't hold okay, out.
1: Okay, eight hundred dollars. Like he must have been in a dire situation, mm-hmm. or he's just playing stupid. Because, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah, that's
0: that's pretty so crazy. So y- there's more we're gonna read, but I, the thing I wanted to like point out was um, kind of what I struggle with, like with these guys, right? So every one of them had this opportunity. Looking yeah. at it now, it seems so obvious. Like, well, duh. Right. Like you know, what was that? The big one was. 50000 for $480 billion. Like, you look at that and you read it and you say, well, wow, that guy, you know, how dumb was he to not take it? But in the moment, he had no idea. This was a guy that worked for him who had some hmm. crazy idea that he didn't want to put. You know, at the time, 50000 was probably a lot of money for him. Yeah. And so uh, what I want to communicate is, like, like, how do we know? Like, when we're looking at opportunity in front of us, like, yeah, we have a limited time to make a decision, but how do we know if this is gonna be a good or a bad decision? Right. Obviously, you know, we don't know, right? We we don't have a guarantee yes or no, but I think like it's it's interesting to look back at this stuff now and kinda see it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what goes on goes on in my head. Like, wow, well, if I do this, like, let's say, you know, I put in fifty thousand dollars on this guy, what if it goes terribly wrong and I lose fifty thousand? Yeah. The upside is, oh, you know, you could <laughs> get four hundred and eighty billion <laughs> but
1: Yeah. It's sort of like the hindsight is twenty twenty idea of like, you know, of course you can look back on anything and then like it, Mm -hmm. it seems obvious, but at the moment it doesn't at all. Um, I have some thoughts on that in a second, but I thought it was interesting to look at some more practical examples of like what would happen, for example, if you invested a thousand dollars into these stocks 10 years ago. Uh, so this year is 2019. This was 2009. I think actually each, one of the, each one of these is comparing June 1st, 2009 to June 1st, 2019. So if you, and this is funny too, because see, 2009, we were freshmen. We were just going into our freshman yep. year of high school. So there's no other, no way that we could have, right? But let's say that we did invest $1,000 in each one of these companies. Um, if we invested $1,000 into Salesforce in 2009, we would now have $15,950. If we did that in Boeing, we'd have eight, $9,853. If we did in Starbucks, we'd have $10,650, so it's 10 times return. If we did Amazon, it'd be $22,760. Uh, Nike was $5,000 uh, and $5,410. Apple, about $11,000. And then Netflix, the surpriser of them all, yeah. $1,000 10 years later turned into $61,000, which is yeah. pretty crazy. It's crazy. Um, th- I feel like that's especially, you know, a, a lot of guys, surprisingly, like no girls. I'm not really sure why are really into like stock picking, you know, and like investing in the stock market. Mm-hmm. Um, but ten years ago, obviously, also was like right after the crash of the economy mm-hmm. and the stock market, and so everything was at all time low. And so, obviously, your money's going to go a long way when you have yep. a ten year uh, bull run. But also, like again, hindsight's 2020. Like, mm-hmm. Salesforce is a multi billion dollar company. Boeing was huge. Starbucks, Netflix, uh, Amazon, like Apple, it all seems super obvious. Um, but also what I didn't list here was that there was a lot of other stocks that were like $59 or like,
0: well, I was going to say it would be, I'd be curious to see ones that like were negative, you know, that lost. Yeah, exactly. There was a, there was a lot
1: that went out of business, um, or that lost a lot of value. Um, not, not very many of them like went negative or went completely under like most, uh, the majority of them were like, you know, your thousand dollars would now be $649 or it'd be $500 or $300 and there was a couple that was like, you know, 50 bucks and basically you lost Mm -hmm. everything. Um, but also I, I wonder like, you know, how many for Sean Connery, for example, like how many roles was he offered Mm -hmm. and you know, how many kind of like sci-fi fantasy things had he been seen before and be like, Oh, none of these turned out to be right. Um, or none of these turned out to be big. Like, why should this one be big? Um, and so it is tricky. Like I think, I think for me, like, that's the big thing for, is, like, which kind of, if you only have so much time or money or, like, if you only have so much to put into something, like, which ones do you put it in mm-hmm. and how do you decide that?
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wish I had the answer. I don't. But know, th- thinking <laughs> about it, like, I don't, that was one of my questions, too. Like, if looking back at this or like, kind of looking at your own life, like, you know, you have opportunity most likely in front of you. Like, so I think, like, think about like, what, what's in front of you. Like, what can you do? and i was going to ask like how do you go about like you know evaluating your decisions how do you go about saying yes or no mm. how do you know again like like i said before how do you know what's going to be a fail or like a, a big win and i think the reality is like you you don't know the answer but you can have a process of like deciding uh, again the yes or no um yeah. i was curious like for you like what what steps would you take in making like, a big a big decision whether it's an investment or i don't know career change or just some big decision, how would you go about doing it? Yeah. I don't know if we
1: talked, I feel like we've talked about this before, but um, one of the things I think has been super helpful for me is uh, like looking at the upside versus the downside. And so basically like a, um, you know, like how much could this be great for me and like how much risk is involved Mm -hmm. too. And I think by default, we kind of always overestimate the risk involved in something Mm -hmm. of like, oh, I want to, invest in this business or in this stock and it's going to drop to zero next week. I'm going to lose all my money. And it's mm-hmm. like, that happens, you know, 0.01% of the time or something. It's yep. like very, it's actually very rare. Like the risk isn't as great as you think. Um, for example, when, uh, when I was considering the taking the job with bare metrics, um, my current job, you know, I, I was going through this kind of same thing, right? Because, uh, essentially every month I was getting new stock options in cordial. And, um, and so, taking a job at Barometrics would mean that I would cut my, it's called my, my stock vesting short. So I would only basically vest almost half of my stock options. So I was trying to think like, well, am I like giving up a ton or am I gaining a lot? You know, like basically what's going to happen here? Mm -hmm. Um, And essentially what I kind of realized and and the, the reason why I made that decision was because I felt like the upside of joining Barometrics was far greater than The downside of missing out on those stock options or yeah or like it not working out not being a good job or not liking it not doing well for example um and I, i think that's a good place to start is just to kind of look at really like what's the risk of me especially for an opportunity in front of you like if you have uh like to buy something to invest in something to do something to change your job whatever it is like look at the downside and then look at the upside, and if if the if the upside far outweighs the downside, it's almost always a good decision to yeah. do that. You know,
0: hmm. um, I've learned a few things about this. I feel like over the last couple of years, and one of them is kind of surprising, which you probably wouldn't ex- expect. But for me, I've actually like narrowed down. So f- first thing for me is advice. I get advice from people, but what I want to say is I've uh, like narrowed down like the the span of people that I talk to. Because mm. before it was like. Uh, there wasn't, like, one specific person that I would, you know, meet with or ask advice from. Uh, it was literally, like, everyone that I talked to that I somewhat respect. I would ask, you know, I would ask their advice, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's just trouble because you get so many different opinions and views and perspectives. Um, it's super hard to, like, you know, weigh everything and kind of, like, filter it. And it kind of, like, just clouded my judgment in my mind. And so, more recently... Uh, me and Connie have like narrowed uh, kind of who we get advice from, like for a few people. And so w- what we've done is everything, every like major decision we go through them, whether it's good, bad, hard, ugly, hmm. like they get to hear it first. And I think that's been super helpful. Like, um, I'm not saying we we only talk with one person, but I'm just saying it's less than you know dozens, right? right. So yeah. that's been super helpful. Uh, and then uh, so that's kind of just in general. But for when, uh, another thing I was gonna add was like for financial, like just anything regarding money. Uh, I've kind of, I've looked at like, okay, what is the worst that could happen? And kind of like you're saying, like what's the, let's say everything goes bad. Like where do we, where do we land? Where where do we end up? Is that better? You know, is that better or worse than the possible upside? That's kind of like one way to look at it. And also kind of like, again, if it goes bad, like what is our like exit strategy? How do we get out of this? And what's that going to look like? And so if we can survive those both like smoothly, then we do it. Yeah.
1: You tell me how comfortable you are with talking about this, but Um, we, it's sort of a recent thing, right? Because when you purchased the, the second business Mm -hmm. that merged into now your one business, um, that was kind of the exact thing that we talked about was Mm -hmm. like, uh, you were kind of going through it and basically we were kind of like, well, let's say like, what's like the lowest or like the worst that Mm -hmm. things could go and basically figure out like actually wouldn't be that bad or like we could survive or at least make it work for a few months and then have time to kind of, you know, relook at things. Um, but I think even then, like if you, if it even went down to zero, like Mm -hmm. it still wouldn't, you know, be the end of the world, right? It's, you lost some money at the end of the day, but like, it's not like you are out of a job or your business crashed or anything like that.
0: Yeah. We looked at kind of like, we looked at, so before we hit that company, we said, okay, what are all the costs, like the monthly costs that we have? And then we said kind of where are we at? And then if we add this, like, what are the like marginal increases that's going to add? Kind of what we looked at. And then we kind of realized, okay, like, Yes, it's going to bump certain things up, but we looked at A, like, you know, for example, one thing I bumped up was like a warehouse, right? So we had a warehouse. Uh, it was really small. It was not enough space. And so we knew we needed a bigger one, but we didn't really, we couldn't, we didn't feel like we were ready to get into like a bigger lease. And so when we had this other company, we were, were forced to get into a bigger lease. And so, that was kind of one situation where, okay, like, what are we paying now? What's the marginal increase? Like, it wasn't that much. And we kind of realized, okay, if we do that, that means we'll have to do, you know, X amount x amount of jobs more per month to make up for it. And the reality was, like, that benchmark we set was, like, a very conservative amount. So, we kind of felt like, okay, like, you know, that's one of the worst case scenarios. We can do that. And then we kind of said, like, let's just say this fails. Let's just say we can't do anything we went to go sell everything and try to get our money back. Like we were comfortable with like the potential loss that I could have had. So that's kind of why we did it. Yeah. And so far it's been great. One thing we've, we've done a uh, different, this with this company is that we're tracking like every, we're, tra- we're tracking all of our returns basically. So mm. like every product we sell, we rent like i'm tracking basically like the return on it so
1: like how many times it's been rented and for how, how many times it's
0: been renting I, I so now we have like, i have like a software to where every inventory item we have i can look at like what revenue it's brought in which is super helpful and cool mm-hmm. and also um basically like our investment in this new business, like what is this separate? I know we merged them both into one, but we're saying this new company, what has this brought in like year to date so far? And so we're tracking all that. And so I can tell you, and I I can say right now kind of our return so far and all that. So it's been super good.
1: But also when you kind of looked and said like, okay, you know, based uh, based on like how this business would fit into our other business and all the things we can improve, all the work we can put into it, Um, basically you also figured out like the upside is actually really great. Mm -hmm. And if you even get close to that, then it's going to far outweigh any sort of risk of, like I said, that you're comfortable with. And so it almost, not that it was like a no brainer, but it felt kind of like you'd be missing out on a lot. So yeah, one
0: thing we did was we looked at, okay, so we took her revenue to the the company we took over. We took the revenue for the last three years and we said, like, what's the overall average? And so we kind of did the math. So we we took that average and we, we added to what we're earning now And we said, okay, let's just say, like, this continued to trend as is. Because with the company we took over, the last three years have all gone upward. But we said, let's just say this year, um, you know, was just, like, it maintained. Let's say it even went down a little bit. If that were the case, even with all of our, like, marginal increase of costs for taking on a new company, it still would bring in more profit. So, like, numbers-wise, it made sense. I heard in a podcast the other day someone said, like, anytime you're making, like, a big financial decision – do the math like you know because it's mm. easy to get emotional it's easy to like kind of get in your head but they said just straight up, just do the math if it makes sense right. like on paper then do it like you know, that will that will take away all of, like your doubt and whatever and so with this the situation like yeah it was kind of a no-brainer for us but at the same time like we did the math and we like definitely had made it made it, uh like an educational decision and it, it all made sense yeah so. yeah one of the things but i've been go ahead one thing i want to add was even after doing that it was still hard Like it was still yeah. scary it's still <laughs> like uh there's still had a risk lot involved. Of doubt. I had, like, yeah, a lot of nights where I wasn't didn't sleep well, and I would wake up all night thinking about it, stressed out. And even now, like it's gone well, but like, I, it's still like pressure and still like an investment. And so that's I was going to say, out. still going to say, like no matter like if the numbers make sense or not. I know right now we're talking like financial stuff and investments, but like anything in life, like if it makes sense on paper, right? Whether it's like a you know relational thing or whatever, like it can still be hard. And that's okay, you know. That's yeah. one thing we've realized. Like this one made sense for us, but it's still like been a scary leap to take and I don't think like if you have you know those type of reservations or fear that doesn't mean don't do it Mm. you know I think that's just part of life
1: yeah yeah and those thoughts are there to like help you process it and go through it like if you didn't have any fear about it it's like either too good to be true or you're not kind of like Mm -hmm. challenging yourself or thinking big enough Um, one of the things I've been trying to again I think I sort of prefaced it a little bit before but I'm, I'm more of the like well what if there was I don't know another mm-hmm. business opportunity later, and all of your money t- tied up with this first opportunity, and you feel dumb. But most of the time, that's not the case, and that whatever is in front of you is usually, uh, if it seems like a good thing, it is a good thing. Yeah. Kind of. Um, James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits, one of the books we highly recommend. I think we did a book review on it too, right? Mm-hmm. A few, probably many episodes back now. Um, but he just post uh, posted this on Twitter. He said most failures are one-time costs. Most regrets are recurring costs. The pain of inaction stings longer than the pain of incorrect action. So basically a lot of people get caught up in like, well, what if I do the wrong thing? Or what if this is the wrong move? Or what if this is actually a bad opportunity? Um, And so they let it pass by, right? But normally that actually comes back to bite you because it probably was a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. You might not even know, but like the regret of not doing it usually it's like a lot more painful and like kind of the regret, like of, you know, looking at the stocks. Right. And if you were thinking about, you know, investing a thousand dollars into Netflix and you're like, well, like what if it all goes down to zero and I really need this thousand dollars for, um, you know, maybe this, this other stock that I'm thinking about, I'm going to hold out a little bit longer. Right. And then 10 years go by and now you're still thinking about yeah. that stupid stock that you could have bought 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know? So like kind of, uh, I've been just kind of thinking about like, default to action you know like Mm -hmm. make the most of something you know and Mm -hmm. if there is an opportunity in front of you especially if there's a self-life and most do um you should probably go for it Mm -hmm. you know like i don't think there's a lot of things that you really have to think through and that you figure out are bad you know Mm -hmm. there are some like that but for the most part there's um there's mostly the the really big decisions that you really need to go all in about and and uh, make a really critical decision
0: i know we've heard it before but like uh kind of the idea of like you know act now like you know the best time to start is today not tomorrow or is yesterday whatever um i feel like recently i've been like seeing that and hearing that a lot like you know it's been coming up like start today start now like don't put things off i think what you said like you know when in doubt or whatever it kind of default to action i think that's that's good
1: yeah what are some other things <clears throat> that have a sort of self-life you know right. like i'm trying to think oh, through so, yeah. some of the other scenarios you know of like practically for us that we can share, you know, I had um, the opportunity to Bear metrics, you know, like a new job change kind of just came out of nowhere. Mm. Um, We've had things like, you know, you bought the businesses and I think there's been other things we've, I haven't thankfully, well, actually, I couldn't have invested in stock 10 years ago, but I invested in stock five years ago and actually it hasn't been like crazy returns, Mm. you know. Um, But what are the other things that have Mm. a shelf life?
0: Um, well, when you, I, I was just thinking, like, investing in, like, uh, like IRAs, stuff with, like, uh, exponential returns. Like, you know, mm. you have, like, that window before, what, 25, they say. Like, if right. you don't invest, like, you know, you miss out on potential earnings you could have. Um, way off topic, but, like, dating. I think, you know, if you have a girl yeah, like, I was thinking or a guy, that. whatever you've been talking to, whatever, and then kind of in the middle, like, there's that's a shelf life. You got to make a decision, you know, yes or no. And I, I know I for sure have been in times where, like, you know, definitely like mess that up, you know, but so that's, that's hard, like kind of figuring out what do you want like going after it and doing it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think at a certain point, especially for relationships, like if you're not sure and you express that you're not sure, like that can almost be mm-hmm. detrimental in a way, you know, and like, they're like, okay, cool. Like I'm all in on you. Like, mm-hmm. why aren't you on me mm-hmm. and what's happening? And then you can't really like, if you don't really have a reason, <laughs> like yeah. I don't know. I'm just not there. It's like, cool. I guess they're not serious about me or yeah. I guess it's not going anywhere. Um, you know, I think that that can happen a lot too with uh you know with people who date for a long time mm-hmm. too because I don't I don't know exactly like uh like why it's this way but um I think to when you're dating right there's your your relationship matures kind of at a steady pace and basically you hit a certain like time you know let's say like it's like a year for some people two years for some people three years for other people But basically there's at some point where like you've gone as far as you can. You're Mm -hmm. as close as you can get when you're dating. And the next step is you just need to get married to become closer. Mm -hmm. And and that's just like you've reached your peak. Um, uh, I I know Monique and I kind of experienced this when we were engaged because we were like so ready to be married. And when you're stuck in this place where like you're as close as you can get, but you're not as close as you could be Mm -hmm. and as, as you want to be. Um, it's hard in a relationship and it's not fun and um, and there's a lot of people who like just let that s- they just stay in that place you know and it becomes yeah. really unhealthy relationship
0: hmm. yeah what else thinking now
1: hmm. yeah I don't know I mean I think a lot of it probably that the big areas right are like business um, relationships and like job changes mm-hmm. are probably the big three um, I'm sure there's other ones but Uh, or even like probably maybe like big purchases, Mm -hmm. buying a house, uh, is probably another one. Like it's more sort of like an investment, Mm -hmm. although I'm not sure if houses are really an investment, a good purchase.
0: Easy. Good purchase.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Still go back and forth. I think I'm, I'm I'm, I'm pro homeownership. I'm pretty sure.
0: You almost turned me over, but you didn't. You <laughs> had so me, bro, close. for a while. I was like, I'm going to rap forever.
1: <laughs> no, it's not that I, yeah. Anyways, that's another rabbit hole. I have to go down <laughs> an, an, another time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that it's a good point. I mean, um, there's definitely some actionable things in there. I think, like like you said, uh, defaulting to action and like mm. weighing the cost of like what's well, the upside versus the downside, um, have that tight circle of people around you that you can go to. Um, or was about other things that you mentioned? Just kind of like wrap it up I and think, summarize.
0: I think those are my main ones. Yeah, th- those two you just said. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is I don't I don't know why I felt like it was cheesy when it came to my mind, but maybe it's not. So I want to say it. Like I was just thinking, like all these things we're talking about. Yes, those all have a shelf life, but like I think one that doesn't have a shelf life that we don't talk about often is like coming to know the Lord. Like you know your mm. faith. And I, I don't know why. Again, I'm not trying to be like sentimental and cheesy, but came like, to you know, my mind. I was like, oh, no. yes, that's true. Like. That's one thing that, like, I think among anything else, like, that won't, like, expire, that won't run out, that's always available, you know?
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, life. I mean, more than that, like,
0: I I guess, yes, yeah, so coming to the Lord, but also just, like, I think turning from sin, like, you know, mm. and then you're, like, stuck in for a long time. Like, that is one thing that no matter how far you go no and how, how long it lasts, like, yeah, there's consequences, like, in this life, but, like, you can, there's forgiveness and, like, that, you know, that can be redeemed. Yeah. But.
1: Yeah, it's a hard one because, you know, obviously the deeper you go into sin or the longer that you're in sin, the harder it is to turn away. Um, but also, like, like if you think of it as an opportunity to turn away instead of, like, an obligation, right? That opportunity, you have an opportunity to to basically, like, minimize the damage being done for yourself or for someone else or for your relationship with God. Um, and there's a lot of, I mean... Mm-hmm. we the the fact is again it's a little bit cheesy but we have those opportunities every day mm-hmm. and like those have a shelf life the day ends and if you either made the right decisions or you you know turned away from sin or you didn't yeah. and um mm-hmm. uh one of the other things i was thinking about was uh like sort of um we got some good feedback on the the uh the will and motivation and i forget what we called it the title <laughs> we always come up with the titles yeah. afterwards so yeah. it's hard to think of it but um, we got some, some good feedback on that maybe think of like a lot of times we're just we get like a spurt of motivation and like inspiration for something and we're like we feel very like okay let's just go do it mm-hmm. and um, and that's usually the time where we kind of get scared and like oh well I, I shouldn't do it like, it'll, I'll leave it to leave it till tomorrow I'll do it next week I'll do it next time next year I don't know what it is um, or I'm not ready yet but really like you should kind of take those times where, especially when you're feeling motivated and you're feeling inspired and like use that to your advantage, you know what I mean? Like ride that wave until it goes. Um, because especially motivation, inspiration definitely yeah. has a shelf life. Yeah. Like, that stuff for sure goes <laughs> like the wind, dude, it's just gone.
0: Oh my goodness. Um, okay. That's probably the last thing we'll say. And again, the <laughs> really off topic, but I think it's funny. Um, in my family, uh, anytime there's expired food or like whatever, growing up, my mom was always like, Oh, it's fine, just eat it And like, <laughs> that's always how she was. And I'm o I'm the type like if something is like barely expired, like I won't touch it. I won't, oh, I won't do, it. If it's the day before you, it's, it's I, already yeah, expired. Yeah, I won't eat it. And uh I haven't figured out how that I haven't really figured out that analogy yet, but I know that it's <laughs> deep. I just wanted to say that. Nice. Well there's something that, there. that one hits hard for sure. Yeah, so uh, think about that one.
1: We'll let it simmer. Yeah, you let, know.
0: yeah, it just came to my mind, so I'll think about it too. Okay, cool. Take us awesome. home, Corey.
1: Well, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you have any thoughts and, or questions about this topic in particular, feel free to reach out. You can DM us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, even Twitter, if you want to go to our Cultivate and Keep handle. We do have a Twitter account. and Actually, it, it auto-posts every time, every week we post an episode. So nice. if, if you want that easy way to, to keep, um, keep in the loop, you can. Uh, three things really quickly that, that we're working on. Uh, Working on the Cultivate and Keep merch. If you're interested, go to cultivateandkeep.com slash merch. Uh, Working on the journal as well. I've been thinking about it a lot recently, actually, and I'm getting really excited about it. I think it's going to be a really cool thing. A 52-week-long journal, weekly kind of idea to help you uh, run through some of the major themes that we talk about. Uh, If you're interested in that, go to cultivateandkeep.com slash journal. And finally, we've got the uh, private community and accountability group. Uh, if you're interested in that, go to cubecom slash community. Cool. Goodbye. We will see you in the next one. Deuces.